the law school of america in the law of tort property and criminal law a trespasser is a person who commits the act of trespassing on a property that is without the permission of the owner being present on land as a trespasser thereto creates liability in the trespasser so long as the trespass is intentional at the same time the status of a visitor as a trespasser as opposed to an invitee or a licensee defines the legal rights of the visitor if they are injured due to the negligence of the property owner trespassing is a tort the tort of trespass to land requires an intentional physical invasion of the plaintiff's real property by the defendant or a refusal to leave when ordered to leave. Intent required. For example, a person walking in a public park who trips and rolls down a hill will not be liable for trespass just because the bottom of the hill is on private land. Physical invasion. The trespasser need not enter the land in person. Indeed, if A and B are standing next to C's land, and A pushes B onto the land without entering it himself, it is A, and not B, who did not intend to enter that space, who is liable for the trespass to C's land. There must be some physical entry, however. Causing noise, light, odors, or smoke to enter the land of another is not a trespass, but is instead a different tort, nuisance. For purposes of determining liability, the landowner's property rights extend above and below the land to as much distance as the landowner can beneficially use. Even a low-flying plane can trespass if it enters this usable space. Constructive trespass A constructive trespass occurs when a person who has permission to be on the land overstays their welcome. A person who stays in a business after its closing time, or who goes to a dinner party but refuses to leave long after the other guests have gone home, is a trespasser despite his initially proper presence. Furthermore, a guest's status as a trespasser arises as soon as he resists when the property owner tells him to leave the property. This is not a constructive trespass if the guest is unconscious. Duties owed to trespassers As a broad general rule, property owners owe few duties to trespassers to safeguard them from injuries that may occur on their property. With respect to the duties owed to trespassers, there are two types of trespassers to consider. The undiscovered trespasser to whom the property owner owes only a duty not to trap or willfully harm the trespasser. The anticipated or discovered trespasser. To those parties, the landowner owes a duty of common humanity, see British Railways Board v. Harrington, a duty to warn them of deadly conditions on the land which would be hidden to them, but of which the property owner is aware. For injury claims by trespassers, the concept of traps was narrowly defined. More recently, courts in some jurisdictions have engaged in some creativity adopting a broader interpretation of a trap. A warning sign at the entrance to the land is generally sufficient to warn trespassers of possible hazards on a property or land. However, a property owner is under no duty to ascertain hazards on his property for the benefit of trespassers and cannot be held liable for failing to discover a previously unknown hazard that injures a trespasser. In some jurisdictions an adult trespasser who is injured while on a defendant's property cannot sue under a theory of strict liability, even if the landowner was engaged in ultra-hazardous activities, such as the keeping of wild animals, or the use of explosives. Instead, the trespasser must prove that the property owner intentionally or wantonly injured the plaintiff to recover. Some jurisdictions extend additional protections to children who trespass on the property of others. For example, if there is a potentially hazardous object or condition on the land that might be attractive to young children, the trespass may be deemed anticipated under the doctrine of attractive nuisance such that the child may be able to succeed with an injury claim. In some regions of the world, 
a property owner may use reasonable, typically meaning non-deadly, force to prevent a person from trespassing on their land, or to expel a trespasser. However, a property owner may be restricted from expelling a trespasser if doing so would expose the trespasser to a risk of serious injury. For example, a trespasser who takes shelter in a stranger's barn during a powerful storm cannot be expelled until the storm is over. United States Many jurisdictions within the United States have passed statutes to modify or clarify the common law duties owed by a property owner to a trespasser, for example, by explicitly permitting the property owner to use deadly force to expel trespassers. A licensee can mean the holder of a license or, in U.S. tort law, a licensee is a person who is on the property of another, despite the fact that the property is not open to the general public, because the owner of the property has allowed the licensee to enter. The status of a visitor as a licensee, as opposed to a trespasser or an invitee, defines the legal rights of the visitor if they are injured due to the negligence of the property possessor, not necessarily the owner. Where licensees are present, activities conducted on the land by or at the behest of the owner of the land must be conducted with the care that a prudent person would show. A duty to warn arises if there is a harmful condition on the land that is hidden from the licensee, so long as the landowner knows of this condition. The licensee falls between the anticipated or discovered trespasser and the invitee on the sliding scale of tort liability assessed to landowners. Whereas the anticipated trespasser needs to be protected from known man-made conditions capable of causing death or serious injury, the licensee must be warned of all known dangers. However, unlike an invitee, a licensee has no standing to sue for dangerous conditions that should have been discovered by the property owner but were not actually known to the owner. Under traditional common law, a property possessor, not necessarily the owner, has no duty whatsoever to trespassers. Some states retain the traditional common law rule, while other states, such as California, have imposed a reasonable duty of care toward all people who enter a property. Even states that have retained the traditional common law rule regarding the absence of duty towards a trespasser may impose a duty of care towards certain kinds of trespassers. For example, a dangerous condition may effectively invite children to come onto the property. Such an attractive nuisance may impose a duty of care even towards trespassers. Historically, emergency workers, police and firefighters, had been considered licensees, but they are barred from recovering from injuries caused by the risks inherent to their jobs. Generally, such injuries are instead covered by workers' compensation. Now a word from our sponsor, the Law School of America. In the law of torts, an invitee is a person who is invited to land by the possessor of the land as a member of the public or one who enters the land of another for the purpose of business dealings with the possessor of the land. The status of a visitor as an invitee, as opposed to a trespasser or a licensee, defines the legal rights of the visitor if they are injured due to the negligence of the property owner. There are generally two types of invitees for example, business invitee and public invitee. Business invitee is a person who enters business property to do business with the land occupier. Public invitee is a person who enters land in the possession of another for the purpose for which the property is held open to the public, even if no business purpose is involved. Even if invited onto somebody's premises, a social guest is classified as a licensee. The property owner has a duty to make the property safe for the invitee, which includes conducting a reasonable inspection of the premises to uncover hidden dangers. The property owner also has a duty to warn the invitee of hazardous conditions that cannot be fixed. Furthermore, property owners assume a duty to rescue an invitee who falls into peril while visiting the property. If an independent contractor hired by the landowner injures an invitee, 
intentionally or through negligence, the owner can be held vicariously liable. This represents the broadest duty of care owed to any class of visitors to the property. United States An invitee is only an invitee within the scope of permission granted by the landowner. Thus, if an invitee is invited to do business in a store and is injured snooping around in the private storage area, he does not have invitee status in that area. So, if the invitee is snooping around in the dark, trips and falls on something, the land occupier is not liable since the snooper exceeded the consent given him slash her, wheel in v van nada. In California, the case of Roland v. Christian sought to eliminate the distinction between business invitee and licensee in regard to a land occupier owing a duty to act as a reasonable man in rendering the property safe for others. The attractive nuisance doctrine applies to the law of torts in some jurisdictions. It states that a landowner may be held liable for injuries to children trespassing on the land if the injury is caused by an object on the land that is likely to attract children. The doctrine is designed to protect children who are unable to appreciate the risk posed by the object, by imposing a liability on the landowner. The doctrine has been applied to hold landowners liable for injuries caused by abandoned cars, piles of lumber or sand, trampolines, and swimming pools. However, it can be applied to virtually anything on the property of the landowner. There is no set cutoff point that defines youth. The courts will evaluate each child on a case-by-case -case basis to see if the child qualifies as a youth. If it is determined that the child was able to understand and appreciate the hazard, the doctrine of attractive nuisance will not likely apply. Under the old common law, the plaintiff, either the child, or a parent suing on the child's behalf, had to show that it was the hazardous condition itself which lured the child onto the landowner's property. However, most jurisdictions have statutorily altered this condition, and now require only that the injury was foreseeable by the landowner. History The attractive nuisance doctrine emerged from case law in England, starting with Lynch v. Nerdin in 1841. In that case, an opinion by Lord Chief Justice Thomas Denman held that the owner of a cart left unattended on the street could be held liable for injuries to a child who climbed onto the cart and fell. The doctrine was first applied in the United States in Sioux City and Pacific Railroad Company v. Stout, an 1873 case from Nebraska in which a railroad company was held liable for injuries to a child who climbed onto an unsecured railway turntable. The term attractive nuisance was first used in 1875 in Cafe v. Milwaukee and St. Paul Railway Company, a Minnesota case. The doctrine has since been adopted in some other common law jurisdictions, such as Canada, but not universally. Conditions According to the Restatement of Torts Standard, which is followed in many jurisdictions in the United States, there are five conditions that must be met for a landowner to be liable for tort damages to a child trespasser as a result of artificial hazards. The place where the condition exists is one on which the possessor knows or has reason to know that children are likely to trespass, and the condition is one of which the possessor knows or has reason to know in which he realizes, or should realize will involve an unreasonable risk of death or serious bodily harm to such children. The children, because of their youth, do not discover the condition or realize the risk involved in intermeddling with it or in coming within the area made dangerous by it. The utility to the possessor of maintaining the condition and the burden of eliminating the danger are slight as compared with the risk to children involved, and the possessor fails to exercise reasonable care to eliminate the danger or otherwise to protect the children. Jurisdictions U.S. states that use the restatement test include Alabama, adopted in the 1976 case Tolbert v. Gulsby, North Carolina, Ohio, see case, Bennett v. Stanley, 
2001. Pennsylvania. Utah, C-Case, Pullenvish Tynemetz, 2000. Wyoming, C-Case, Thunderhawk by and through Jensen v. Union Pacific R. Co., 1995. Texas, C-Case, Texas Utilities Electric Company v. Timmons, 1997. The Law School of America. This has been a Creative Commons licensed podcast. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America. (laughs) 